Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Cowboys and Seahawks met for a crucial matchup in the NFC playoff picture and delivered one of the Thursday night games of the season. Also, the 49ers have a possible NFC Championship preview this Sunday, and the Pac-12 is guaranteed a spot in the college football playoff. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Thursday night's game between the Cowboys and the Seahawks was punters optional. We didn't <laughs> see a single punt in the game. A 41 to 35 barn burner in Dallas. The Cowboys come out on top. And Dak Prescott with a, another stellar performance. Landon McCool from Locked On Cowboys joins me now. Landon, I made the case, by the way, the other day. Dak Prescott, the MVP of the league. I don't know if you saw that. We got another stellar performance from him. But let's start with the defense because mm. that's supposed to be something they're really good at. And this game was not uh, a great example of that. What happened? It certainly wasn't. And I don't know if it's just, you know, mental fatigue after playing the third game in 12 days. They do this every year, though. I mean, it's not like this is some unique situation for them. Uh, to me, I you know, I think from the eye test, it's easy to blame the the cornerbacks, specifically Deron Bland, who seemed, seemingly was picked on quite a bit. I, I, I'm I'm I'm. I'm also taking the coincidence that this is the next time I'm on your show after uh, touting Deron Bland as a excellent replacement. And, and all he has done is broke the NFL uh, uh, pick six record. Yeah. And then now he has this terrible game. And that's when you decide to bring me back. So, but he still managed to hand interception. I, you know, honestly, I think a lot of the problem in the first half specifically was that the Cowboys pass rush couldn't do anything. Like they just yeah. couldn't get any pressure on Geno Smith and, and they were having forced to cover too long on the back end. And, and ultimately with, you know, guys like Lockett and obviously DK Metcalf, who decided to completely wake up in this game, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to cover for and Jackson Smith and Jigba, who also had an incredible game, you know, hometown Dallas guy has the star on his, on his muscle. Uh, he, he's not going to have a, a weak game in De Texas stadium. Uh, and I'm pretty sure the last time he played in that uh, stadium, he, he won a state title. So and and on the the drive at the end of the half where Seattle scores the touchdown that wasn't and then the DP like that was one oh, of the weirdest man. sequences I can remember but Michael Parsons was wrecking shop on that drive and it didn't matter Geno Smith was just putting the ball wherever he wanted sometimes you just run into a game where yeah. the quarterbacks are feeling it and and you get an outcome like this the good news for Dallas is if there's going to be a guy this season that you want on your side in a shootout right now it seems like it's Dak Prescott what have you seen this year from him? Because there were a lot of questions like McCarthy, the play calling, what's it going to look like? And again, I just made the case on the show. He's mm -hmm. the MVP of the league. What is what is different about him? What is he what has he added to his game? Well, I think it's just it, it. First of all, it's this is the first year it feels like a lot of things have come together. He's fully healthy. He had a full off season, full training camp. And you've seen that with his ability to use his legs a lot more. You saw it in the game mm -hmm. where they obviously had optional runs. But beyond that, too, just being able to. I mean, 
that escape from Taylor was it was was one of the best. That, that was Romo esque in his ability to kind of just escape pressure and then make a play down the field. Uh, and I think that that has to do with just being healthy in the lower body, which you know he's got his strength back. He can run. He's not. He was never like a uh, a Jalen Hurts or uh, a Lamar Jackson in the sense that he was a like a huge threat to run the football. But just being able to pick up first downs with his legs if he needed to, or pick up extra uh, key yards when needing to, I think that's helped. And, and getting out of the pocket. And then on top of that, I think what Mike McCarthy's offense has done is that he's really kind of taught him to better use his cadence, which I think has really helped a lot. Uh, and I also think that Dak is just in a lot uh, more comfortable situation in the offense because for the first time in, I don't know, three years, we've had continuity on the offensive line. We've had our actual starting five in the at the starting five for multiple games in a row. And you see it, you know, look, Dak got sacked a lot and there was definitely some pressure. But but the but the difference of his ability to stay in the pocket and, and be able to operate and wait and wait and wait, uh, I think that's been a huge boost to his confidence, uh, the offense's confidence overall, and and I think it's shown. Like he's this was you know an, an MVP you know uh, earmark performance is one that you look back on. Like look, the defense wasn't doing it tonight. Dak had to carry this team for four quarters until the the defense woke up a little bit in the end. But uh, yeah, I think you see a guy that's playing with complete command of the offense. Uh, and then on top of that, being able to operate outside of the offense and create plays on his own, uh, he's playing fantastic right now. And he's going to have to keep it up because yeah. they get the Eagles in 10 days. They get the mini buy out of Philadelphia who has to play a, an absolute battle with, with San Francisco this week. Then they go to Buffalo, to Miami, and home for Detroit. This schedule does not let up. So if they're going to try and win this division, if they're going to try and get a home playoff game, they're going to need Dak Prescott on his absolute P's and Q's like he was tonight, Landon. Thanks. Thank you. Stay up to date all year on the Dallas Cowboys by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Cowboys on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the 49ers have their biggest test yet. Before we get to that, the NFL is flexing a Monday night game. We're into the second half of the NFL season, and now is the best time to turn your sports knowledge into cash with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more. Plus, weekly boosts and promos give you the opportunity to increase your payout. The big game this Sunday, 49ers-Eagles is going to get a lot of attention. It has a lot of attention from wagers as well. FanDuel has the Eagles as two and a half point underdogs. I'm sure our friends at Locked On Eagles will love that one. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories in sports, with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The NFL has made its first ever flex on ESPN's Monday Night Football, announcing Thursday that the Week 15 matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and New England Patriots is out in favor of the Philadelphia Eagles road game against the Seattle Seahawks. Imagine telling like a 2019 version of yourself that story. Incredible. The switch reflects how far the Patriots, once primetime darlings, but 2-9 and nine so far this season, have fallen. 
Patriots game against the Chiefs at Gillette and Foxborough will now be played at one o'clock. So not even, not even a national game. The game will be the Eagles' sixth in primetime and comes the week after. They visit the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night. An arrest warrant has been issued in Dallas for Bills player Von Miller for allegedly assaulting a pregnant woman. On Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central, Dallas police responded to a major disturbance call with the preliminary investigation showing that Miller and the woman got involved in a verbal argument and that he allegedly assaulted her. For the affidavit for the arrest warrant obtained by ESPN, the woman and Miller had been in a relationship for seven years. She told police officers that she is six weeks pregnant. Police responded and arrived at the condo observing minor abrasions on her left hand along with bruising to her neck. Injuries they say are consistent with applied pressure to the neck in addition to bruising to her abdomen and left bicep. On the hardwood, the Jazz traveled to face the T-Wolves as the Jazz fall to the Minnesota Timberwolves by the final score of 101-90. to The game got closer at the end as the Jazz outscored the Wolves 24-17 in the fourth. It was Jazz were down 20 at the largest mark of it. But really, you look at this game, the Jazz were down 23-20 at the end of one. They stayed in it and were down by just two, or actually uh, led, or down by two at the half, 49-47. And... Minnesota's defense was clamping down on the Jazz at that point. The Jazz half-court ra- offensive rating in the first half was a 71, which is league average is about one point of possession. I mean, they were way below that, about third percentile. Jazz offense overall was at 98, below a point of possession. So Minnesota's defense, but the Jazz were kind of hanging. They were handling it. Minnesota without Anthony Edwards was limited. And then in the third quarter, it was a little bit of a mix of self-inflicted wounds. John Collins had two really bad handoff passes that led to fast, like what uh, Rick Carlos called fatal turnovers, where you make the turnover and it leads to a lead-out dunk. Um, and and then just some forced shots, but not overall. I actually thought they, they kind of dealt with what Will Hardy said as the theme of the night, which was how do we deal with adversity girl, but they just couldn't stop the run. They just couldn't stop the run. And on the ice, the Wild tried to get back on track against the Predators. And the Minnesota Wild throttled the Nashville Predators to snap a Predators six-game winning streak. We might have a secret weapon here for John Hines as the fourth line just unleashed again here tonight. Connor Dewar with a hat trick and another fun game against a uh, Nashville team that was playing some good hockey coming in. Yeah, I feel like it's like one of the first times of the year where Wild fans get to just sit back and relax a little bit. Um, you know, it's always so satisfying to see the younger guys step up, the fourth liner guys who don't get a lot of ice time. I think it's very refreshing. And, you know, when it comes to that, like, fifth goal and you're not really screaming at your TV anymore, you're kind of just like, yeah, this is the wild team I know and remember. And, uh, I mean, this Heinz era is, is something special. And tonight was was very satisfying, refreshing, and relaxing. Yeah, and you look at all the things that we just have not seen so far this season, building an early lead. The Wild had, I know they got called for another early penalty, but they killed it. Uh, the penalty kill literally killing it over these last two games as they are perfect in the last two. Here is another story you need to know. It's an NFC Championship game rematch. This time, San Francisco is going to have its quarterback, and it's a game we expect to see come January time. It is Eagles. It's the 49ers. It's daytime primetime. Brian Peacock from Locked On 49ers tells me. And this is a a really fun game, Brian, because uh, 
a lot has been said between these two teams since that NFC Championship game. The 49ers certainly feel a type of way about this matchup. Why will this one be different? This is, it. first of all, it is daytime primetime. I think maybe two markets in the entire country are not going to have this game. And it's an East Coast game that is West Coast time. And this is telling you Fox wants everybody to see it, whether you got cable, whether you, you're streaming, whether you got the rabbit ears on your uh, letterbox TV, you know, my <laughs> grandma's going to be watching it. Everybody's going to be watching this football game. This is um, one of the games of the year in the regular season. It could be part one of 49ers Eagles, but more than anything, we get the opportunity now. And this is the stage for Brock Purdy and the 49ers players told us after the game, we could not win because we did not have Brock Purdy. If that tells you how valuable he is, he was the last pick in the draft that year as a rookie. They could not win the NFC championship game without him. Once he got hurt. Mm. Now he's healthy. Now the 49ers have a chance to show everybody what they were going to be last January with a healthy Brock Purdy. Again, it's in Philadelphia. The Eagles are 10 and one. They are the home team. And uh, I can't wait for it. This is what it's all about. There's players barking at each other. There's fans definitely barking at each other. Uh, this is this is daytime prime time for the NFL in week 13. Yeah, and and I was shocked when I saw the opening line. According to our friends at FanDuel, the 49ers, three-point favorites on the road going West Coast all the way to the East Coast for this one in Philadelphia. Eight and three Niners, 10 and one Philly. Even if you think the Eagles are a soft 10 and one, and I kind of do, I, I was I was kind of shocked by that. Yeah, do you do you do you prefer the better record that's a team that looks bad for half the game and then just is like, oh, that's right, we're better than you, and then right. walks away from teams in the second half? Or do you like the team that had some three weird games and has some losses, but destroyed everybody else and dominates from yeah, from you know, from jump in, in the other eight games of the year? Which which team do you like more? And uh, Las Vegas is telling us that they like the 49ers more and they like the team that that showed the ability to dominate for more quarters of games uh, in the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan himself was asked the question and he said he didn't know. And Nick Sirianni is trying to use it as a rallying cry. Like, look how disrespected we are. Look, we're the underdogs. We're Rocky Balboa here. And I'm like, come on, you're 10 and one uh, reigning NFC champion, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. That, that's a little bit of a stretch, I think, trying to you know, create a little bit of a, a chip on your shoulder, create some distress for your football team. But um, I mean, this is going to be a good one, and, and the players don't like each other, and everybody's healthy. Looks like Lane Johnson's going to play. Brock Purdy is going to play. Both teams have really good quarterbacks, and, and who knows, this might decide not only the NFC one seed, but the MVP of the NFL as well. Yeah, very well could. If Jalen Hurts, if, if the Eagles win this game, it seems like it would be hard for Jalen Hurts to not win it, even if I'm not even sure he's been the best quarterback in his own division. Um, but this could also be, you mentioned it, this could be a Christian McCaffrey, like it's a soft quarterback year. Hey, I'm actually the MVP. Like what are the chances you think he could show out in this game and be like, hey, actually I'm the MVP. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Like one of those kind of games. Well, I, I think Purdy and McCaffrey are going to work against each other. Mm. So neither is going to end up winning the award. Um, but it would take it would take some pretty special collapses of some quarterbacks around the league for someone like Christian McCaffrey or any other non-quarterback to, to win that award basically ever again in our lifetimes. And, uh, and to be honest with you, I think, I don't think Christian McCaffrey is the most valuable player on the 49ers team. I think it is Brock Purdy. 
I would, mm. I would 100% rather play this game with Brock Purdy and no Christian McCaffrey because we saw what it looked like with Christian McCaffrey and no Brock Purdy in January. Yeah. Stay up to date on the San Francisco 49ers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On 49ers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the Pac-12 is guaranteed a playoff spot in what is the final season of the conference as we know it. This has been a harrowing season for the Pac-12. The writing is on the wall that the conference will either disappear or at the very least be vastly different next year. Locked On Pac-12 host Spencer McLaughlin looks at why the conference is guaranteed representation in the college football playoff this year. I was wrong because before the season, all summer leading up to the year and throughout the year, it was my contention that Pac-12 was not going to be able to make the college football playoff in the final iteration of the four-team format. My thinking was that the conference is as good and as deep as it has ever been and that everyone, as has often been the case, is just going to cannibalize one another. But that did not happen. Now, I think one of the biggest reasons it didn't happen is Cam Rising didn't play a single snap for Utah this year. I think that this completely, completely altered the championship landscape and the college football playoff picture as well. Utah went eight and four with Bryson Barnes there, who is severely limited compared to Cam Rising. They, they are nine and three at the worst. They're probably a 10 and two, maybe even, I'm not kidding, an 11 and one football team. If Cam Rising's there, I, I think the gap between him and Bryson Barnes is significant enough. So that certainly helped. I also, like many people, overvalued USC and I think undervalued both Washington and Oregon before the year and their ability to get through. Washington got through their conference slate undefeated. Oregon had just the one loss. They're meeting the Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas on, on Friday. But the winner of that game is going to the playoff. And I, I don't see a realistic world in, in which that isn't the case. It does make you wonder, especially given the quarterbacks, for example, in these situations. Bo Nix has bounced around college football. Would the transfer portal, had it been a bigger part, and name, image, and likeness, been a bigger part of the last 10 years, 15 years of college football, would the Pac-12 be in the situation that it is right now on the precipice of dissolution. It seems unlikely, especially given the markets, for example, the deep pockets at places like Oregon, thanks to the connection to Nike, the landscape would look different. And it, it may very soon in a different kind of way, of course. It will look very different. I'm, I'm glad in a way that they're getting this last hurrah because the Pac-12 has plenty of the proudest programs in college football, even if they no longer have any true blue blood programs. This is just how this works. Things ebb and flow. And given the current climate, if you can't compete, and especially with the times of these games, 10 o'clock Eastern for all your games, it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. And so they're going to have to figure something else out. I don't know what it's going to be. But I am excited for Washington and or Oregon to get their shot. And then it all looks different. And finally, Nick Saban is incredulous at the idea that the SEC could miss out on the college football playoff. There should be some representation from the SEC regardless of who wins the SEC championship game. Absolutely, he said. This kind of seems like a coach inventing something to argue about. In fact, there's a chance Georgia loses and still makes the playoff. In fact, I would say... 
almost no matter what happens, if Georgia loses, they're going to be in the playoff. But hey, keep your team motivated however you want, I guess, which by the way, Saban is a master at. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, will the 49ers come out on top or will the Eagles continue to fly Eagles fly? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.